The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Questions podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to a special edition of the PowerCat Questions podcast. We're sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. A little bit different this week on the podcast. Yes, you still ask the questions. That's the format of the questions podcast. But it won't be us, the Go Power Cat staff, providing the answers. This week, we're inviting in Kansas State Athletics Director Gene Taylor to join us on the Power Cat Questions podcast to answer questions posed by you, the subscribers at Go Power Cat that you posted over at Wabash Station. As I said, we are sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. If you are out and about in this world of COVID-19 and you need something to make you happy, the Fridge might have it. You can now order via their website or an app and prepay and have your order brought out to your car. It's the Fridge Wholesale Liquor right here in Manhattan at the corner of Claflin and Westport. And this segment is brought to you by Tanners. I can't wait to get back to Tanners. I can't wait to have sports to watch at Tanners. And when that time comes and I can go, I expect to see you, all 10,000 of you listening to this podcast. That might be an exaggeration how many are listening to this podcast, but we should be able to fill up Tanners. Get to Tanners as soon as this is all over and get back to life as we should know it. But right now, things are very different for all of us, and certainly for Kansas State Athletics. Athletics have shut down, not just for K-State, but all across America, and yet there's still bills that need to be paid and forecasts for the future for which plans need to be made. There's a lot going on, actually, with K-State Athletics. It's just not on the field of competition. And now we welcome in Kansas State Athletics Director Gene Taylor. And first, Gene, thank you for doing this. And how are you handling this weird situation in which we find ourselves? <laughs> personally. Yeah, personally, uh, you know, good. I mean, I, you know, it's just it, the frustrating thing is, you know, people just are looking for answers and specifics and you just don't have them. Right. And right. I think the world in which we live in in athletics, you know, you've got you've got a situation, you come up with a plan, you move forward and. You know, you execute it, and it's just really difficult not having answers. And people now are at a point where I don't know gets them frustrated. So, you know, hopefully we can. That's been the most frustrating thing. Yeah, I bet. I mean, and that brings us to our first question. KSU number one, I would like to know how stressful has this time period been for you and your staff, and has it been difficult financially to keep everyone paid and everything going forward? Uh, you know, I, I think everybody seems to be handling it very well. I mean, they've really figured out a way to take, uh, you know, the situation and turn it into a, a positive with some creative ideas in terms of through social media. Um, you know, I, I think the unknown is still probably the most stressful thing for everybody in terms of the unknown of, you know, when football will start, when we'll be able to come back to work all those things, how we'll operate. I think that's probably the most stressful thing is just not having, you know, solid answers. Um, in terms of financials so far, we're, we're, we're in good shape because, you know, we're 
coming towards the end of our fiscal year 20, which ends June 30th. And those dollars, for the most part, football, basketball, conference monies were already in. So we've been able to manage that and then the savings of not traveling. So, so far this year, we're, you know, going to finish out probably in a, not in a bad situation will probably be a balanced budget and then going forward it's all going to be based on you know what the football situation is yeah um big 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 time jimmy tim one of my favorite names on the site wants to know this have recent events caused you to rethink how you manage funds or made you more cautious with future building projects well, it's kind of a, that's kind of a two-part question because they're a little separate. But yeah, I mean, I think we're always going to come out of this with, you know, do we need to continue to do uh, things that we've always done? You know, do we automatically jump on a charter flight to go recruiting? And maybe not. Uh, do we bus more for even football and basketball to some of the you know closer areas like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and maybe even Iowa State? You know, those those types of deals. Absolutely. I think we're going to try to look at our way we spend our money and be more efficient than we can. In terms of the capital projects, you know, that's usually fundraise dollars. And, and um, you know, our goal is to once we get back to continue to fundraise for the other projects. But, um, you know, again, that's going to be based on our donors ability to, to step up and help us. But right now, the n- numbers that we have for the south end zone those those dollars are mostly collected and that's why we're able to go forward with that project well that's one of the questions here we have um from k-state day 55 how is construction going on the south end zone project so far so good uh it looks to be you know moving on time from what i gather from our facilities guy jeremy and our architects. Uh, the biggest concern as we get moving into it further will be getting materials. But you know, all the construction companies have their you know safety things in place. And right now, majority of it is you know machine operated work. There's not been a lot of close contact over there. But um, it's, it's so far timing is pretty good. Yeah, it's been fun to watch that and the new yeah. video boards. That, that new video board on on Kimball is something else. Yeah, that that helps, and I think you'll see as you, if you're watching the if you, when you look at the time lapse deal, uh, you'll see some steel going up here towards the end of the month uh, for the scoreboards, and then eventually for the south end zone too. Very good, King, yeah. King Jim seventy seven. If some athletic departments move forward with football in the fall, but others don't, will the season go on, or is this an all or none proposition? <laughs> That's a great question. I, I think. At least as of today, uh, in some of the conversations that we've been having, the the actual football season is going to be pretty much everybody's going to be all in. I think all the conferences now we may adjust, you know, when we start. Like um, I'm assuming we're all going to try to. Everybody wants to get in 12 football games, um, but there may come a point where we may have to decide the non-conference part's not going to work, so we're only going to play conference only. But I don't think conferences are going to say, well, okay, if uh, you know, we're just going to go, the SEC is just going to go play if the Big 12 can. I think they're going to try to make it as collectively across all 10 conferences, not just the Power Five, to, to make as you know as fair as possible. So I still think everybody's on the same page with that in regards to 
coming back for like voluntary workouts this summer before camp starts. I think you'll see some schools coming back sooner than others, but in terms of the season, uh, as of again today, I think everybody's still trying to move forward as together collectively. Let me ask some follow-ups to that. Um, Some programs got in spring football. Others did not. It Mm -hmm. seemed that'd be a huge advantage for the haves as opposed to the have-nots in this case. Is there any uh, thought of adding some practices or anything to help those schools that did did not hold a spring practice? Oh, uh, sort of, kind of. I mean, I, I think the ones that's really going to impact are the are the new staff programs, like for in Kansas, like Baylor. Um, but one of the things they're talking about is once we determine, you know, when we're going to start football is kind of a six week return to play. You know, everybody's got different models, everything from eight weeks to four weeks. We've, for the most part, honed in on this six week model. So the first two weeks would be you know, your conditioning and, and uh, testing and some of that stuff. And then three weeks of fall camp. And then that three weeks, you could probably get, I don't know if you get two a days every day, but you could get an additional walkthrough um, of, of, a, of a type of practice to kind of make up for those lost days in the spring. And then maybe even in that first two weeks of conditioning, you get through some, you know, you get a few days of walkthrough as well to, to install stuff. So, I think they're going to try to make that work in some of the stuff that I've seen. So, but they're not going to all of a sudden add another 14 days. I think they'll try to do it within the six or seven week window. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned the conferences are all pretty much aligned, certainly with the power five. How worrisome is it when you see some States like Washington and California that might say, no, we're not doing it. Uh, we don't care what the, the conference or schools want to do or feel like they need to do. Is that is that kind yeah. of a house of cards? Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, I, obviously, you know, like the Oregon governor came out pretty strong, I believe it was recently, and said, you know, we're not playing any sports until we get a vaccine. And you know, I guess, you know, eventually that could be an issue. But, you know, we're at least on on the meetings and the Zoom meetings, the conference commissioners are trying to move forward as you know collective as they can, knowing that you know. And there's always a caveat: is the final decisions can be made based on governors and medical personnel. So, you know, I, I think it's a, you know I know we already have had some fall sports, not us at K State, but across the country, like some schools, like in the volleyballs and the soccer's, are not going to put their teams on planes and, and, you know, again, those financially are not as much as an impact as a football team not showing up, but some of that you're starting to see a little bit already. Well, that's a, that's another question. I I just had a column on Monday that, you know, said this might cause athletic departments to stop and look at the way we've always done things, at least in recent years, Mm -hmm. may not be the way we do things in the future, including carrying the, the conferences as we know them through in into some of those quote Olympic sports, meaning maybe you would schedule more regionally for the volleyballs or tracks or soccers instead of putting them on planes and incurring that expense. Yeah. I think that kind of goes back to that earlier questions about, you know, do you see yourself doing things differently? I do. I mean, I I could see us where we're not going to fly as much. We, you know, we may, you know, do we have to have, you know, does every sport have to have a conference tournament? You know, um, 
you know, right now, like our volleyball doesn't have a conference tournament. You know, do, do we really need one for every sport? It's maybe some more than others, but, you know, so some of those things, you know, we may go back to, you know, a travel partner where, um, you know, like right now, soccer, they'll go on a road and they'll have a travel partner. So they'll play a game on Thursday and Saturday. Well, do we do that with volleyball instead of playing our total round robin? You go down to Oklahoma, you play on Thursday and Saturday, and the Oklahoma, you cut down some of the number of trips. You, so you might look at some of those things and, and, and find, continue to find ways to be efficient. Absolutely. This one's from Hurt as Joe. Has anyone uh, brought consideration about renegotiating TV and or postseason earnings for any sports, given the economic impact of COVID-19 for this year and next? No, and, you know, that's obviously not something that we're involved with. Again, those are all, you know, at the conference level. I mean, obviously we're talking to our TV partners and, and you know, hoping that, again, everybody's hoping against hope that there'll be a football season. But um, I don't, I've not heard of any renegotiation conversations. Well, that's good. That's good. Let's uh, turn to this one. TN Cat wants to know. Assuming football games are played this fall and the season starts on time, uh, has there been a plan formulated yet for how many fans would be allowed in the stadium, how they would be spread out, or are those all contingency, this is what we do for this and this is what we do for that, and then you've got to Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of like that. I mean, obviously, a lot's going to depend on where we are from a phasing perspective from the governor, right, and how many folks they can allow in, in group settings and um, – but yeah, we have been looking at with our staff and there's a couple of sport architecture firms that present, you know, ways to, if you want to do 25% of your stadium capacity, here's how you could do it. If you want to do 30%. So we're walking through all that. We're, we're obviously ordering, uh, you know, equipment for like gloves and mask and, uh, you know, hand sanitizers and all those things that we'll have in place. So yeah, we're going through various scenarios. We don't, have one that we're going to hone in on yet is just looking at okay what are our options in terms of you know our concession stands are we going to put up in the protective plastic areas when you're serving food and you know checking out all those kind of things are ongoing yeah so we're looking at a lot of stuff really but um this guy's screen name gives away his age 1968 alum uh that will tie into his question very well Will you be building ramps on the east side of the football stadium so fans don't have to climb stairs up to the top to get to their seats? And maybe in a wider concept, what is your what are your thoughts on that east side and trying to tie it into the rest of the stadium? Yeah, you know, that's a good uh, a great question. Right now there are no plans for ramps or escalators um, on the east side. Um, you know, one of the reasons that even though it's somewhat controversial to put those indoor practice facility over there uh, is from a look and feel to at least, you know, tie it in a little bit more to the West side from a look and feel perspective. But as of right now, we don't have any uh, plans for ramps and or escalators. Uh, how much pushback have you gotten on the location of the indoor and the, the new practice field? You know, it's, it's a kind of an organized group of folks that uh, have, you know they're they're pretty persistent, but it's a small, fairly small number. But they're pretty organized in terms of sending me emails and sending President Myers emails. Yeah, I I don't. They all tailgate which their spot would be you know pushed out a little bit, uh-huh. but um, they seem to organize collective. They were passing out flyers this fall, 
to you know tell everybody to send me nasty letters and stuff but uh, collectively i don't you know don't hear a lot other than from this group what would be their alternative to the location because i mean the whole purpose is to locate it closer to the the, (laughs) the the main veneer complex i don't i don't know where else it could go yeah the only place that you know, people talk about to make sense because every place we could put it close is going to take up some parking, right. you know, is across the street. At, in the, but that's not our land. But again, that takes up parking, too, because there are people, although we don't run that parking lot, there are people to park over there. So, again, they're not I'm, I'm assuming they're season ticket holders. But so any place we try to think about putting it or anybody mentions i look at it like okay well that uh, is parking too it's just not your parking it's somebody else's parking so yeah there's not there's not really a good alternative um in my opinion your thoughts on overall on the parking I, i've told people i know it's a inconvenience to have your longtime spot displaced but even if in the worst case scenario, they can't replace the number of parking spots. You still have the best parking situation in the Big 12 that I know of. I, I try to tell that to people. Uh, most people understand that, particularly folks who have gone to other parts of our league to watch games and try to park. Um, again, this particular group that's you know the most vocal doesn't really want to hear that. Um, but we do. We have the most convenient and the biggest number of of close parking situations in any place I've ever been around in the country. Um, and, and to move out a couple hundred yards, you know, maybe from where you were to where you're going to be, is that really all that inconvenient? And we'll be able to pick up a, a lot of that in various lots that, you know, aren't necessarily assigned to us. Uh, like the, the lot over by the wellness center, you know, technically that's not our lot, but we could work out an agreement where we could, capture that uh, you know so we're looking at those things it's just they may have to walk a few hundred more yards or so but. well i have to admit those are pretty sweet parking spots yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to walk far for anything any, yeah any decisions on uh, i'm really kind of going off on my own thing here but that's all right a couple topics here that um the pass outs seem to have become a problem uh, because people pass out and don't come back in, um, which is their choice. Right. Uh, <clears throat> but um, any thought about any kind of alcohol in the main stadium and limiting pass outs? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, been kind of an overall uh, conversation. Again, we are going to do a lot more with that. Um and one of the things we're going to do this fall, again, assuming, is do a fan survey of which do you prefer. You know, we we're going to send it out to season ticket holders, send it out to single game buyers, do it during the course of the season. But in my opinion, both just my personal opinion as we look at this, um, if we do alcohol in the stadium, having allowing both doesn't make sense to me because <laughs> – you're defeating your purpose, which is obviously a convenience to your fans. It's a revenue producer. But if you let people go out and drink beer on their own, um, you lose that revenue. But I, I guess there's a, a, a small way you could do it is very limited. In other words, you only go out one gate and have to come back in one gate. You make it a real restrictive you know, time period in which they could be out. Uh, but again, all that to me is tied together in whether or not we – you know, if we, we moved to selling alcohol in the stadium and, um, you know, maybe now with COVID, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe that's a 
I wouldn't do it this fall, but maybe if we do do a fall and limited number of fans, we probably don't let them go out, right? We right. just, we, you know, we make them stay inside just to, just to, you know, watch over them or whatever. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. But I, I do think if we go to alcohol in the stadium, I don't know how we can also do pass outs, but we're going to try to survey our fans and find that out. Let's move to some other type of topics here. Purple Cheese wants to know, uh, by the way, he's in Wisconsin. That's why he's Purple Cheese. Uh, how, do gotcha. you, how do you see the NCAA rules allowing players to benefit from the use of their name, image, and likeness, specifically affecting Kansas State athletics? Well, you know, again, that's a new set of information that we're going to tackle over the next few months. Um, you know, I, I think there's some good things in there. Uh, that I agree with. I think there's some things in there that are providing the slippery slope for all of us, not just Kansas state. And, you know, I, I could see where we would have some athletes benefit. Um, no question just because of their popularity and not, not only in the state, but in the community. But I don't know that it'll be a wide range of athletes that are going to be able to profit from it. Um, and so we still have a lot of work to do in regards to, you know, how we're going to, you know, protect things from getting out of hand from a recruiting perspective. But um, there are some good things. I've always felt that, you know, an athlete, if they have a talent other than, you know, their sport, if they're a musician or an artist or a clothes designer, that they should be able to profit from that. I don't have any issues, you know, now with the social media world. I mean, there's a lot of ways that, you know, people can be influencers. How we track that is is kind of a, you know, a kid, a golfer. Why can't a golfer go out and give lessons and to a kid? You know, to me, I think those are, or a tennis player or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think when you get into the sponsorships and you know the market driven stuff, that gets a little more dicey. But um, I, I think if we can come up with the right protections to keep it from getting even worse in the recruiting world. I think there's some benefits there, but it's not going to benefit a ton of athletes, whether here or across the country. They're going to make thousands of dollars, uh, in my opinion. Well, it strikes me that the bigger markets might have the ability to apply more dollars into it, if you want to put it bluntly. I mean, Potentially. I mean, there's some people that think that way, right? I mean, just because you've got more companies, you've got you know more more population potentially to, to reach out to. Um you know, but you know, let's just take Skylar for example. All of a sudden, you know, we've got a sponsorship through Learfield with a local banker, a local car dealership, and they go, you know, I'd really have Skylar do our commercials or come down and do a package where Skylar comes down once a fall or twice a fall and signs autographs, and and you know, we pay his advisor or whatever, you know, twenty thousand or fifty thousand or seventy-five thousand as opposed to. The athletic department. I mean, I, I could see that being a being a potential where a local kid can make just as much money, but it's going to be your stars here as opposed to multiple kids. I'm also available to sign autographs, but I'll do it for like tacos. Yeah, okay, I mean, well, that's fair. What, yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah, I just want to put that out there in case anyone has okay. some extra tacos. Gotcha. Okay, Gene, hold on right there. Let's take a little break right now on the Powercat Questions podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. We'll be right back with more of your questions for Kansas State Athletics Director Gene Taylor. Stay locked in. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC Gig Powered Studios. Welcome back 
to the Powercat Questions podcast. Things are a little bit different this week. You're still asking the questions over at Wabash Station, our VIP message board at Go Powercat. But this week, it's not us providing the answers. Kansas State Athletics Director Gene Taylor is with us, and he is ready for some more questions from Wabash Station. First, a little business. We're sponsored by The Fridge. Make sure whenever you're in town and you need anything for your party, stop in at The Fridge. They're always getting in new products. In fact, I tried some myself the other night, and they were wonderful. A little boozy lemonade. It was terrific. In little cans, I enjoyed it. Also, when you're in town and everything gets back to normal, make sure you stop into the High Low. High Low right there in the heart of Aggieville. Great pizza. In fact, it's AJ's Pizza, the best in town. And great burgers and other food. The High Low, amazing drinks, amazing people, amazing atmosphere. Please stop in and say hi to Jess and Adam and everyone at the High Low when you're in town. Now let's continue with Gene Taylor, K-State's AD, with some questions from Wabash Station. And we move on to PowerCats 10, who has a fantastic question, Gene. What is the long-term future for a Hearn Fieldhouse? Uh, well, you know, if we if we are able to start the, um, you know, the other projects, which is the Volleyball Olympic Training Center, uh, that is really, we would move out of there, move volleyball over here. Uh, and what happens with the Hearn is really not up to us. It's a university building, and, and it would turn over to them to decide how to utilize that building. So uh, our long-term plan is to not be in there any longer and move volleyball into a new building. What happens after that is really not up to us. So here's this hot potato. You guys take it. <laughs> yeah, kind of, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, how is fundraising going for those projects? I'm very intrigued by this volleyball venue because I think it, I don't know if you envision it that way, but I think it could be a, a multi-purpose, smaller venue type of building. Yeah, no, that's kind of how we're envisioning it, you know, um, whether we do it for some sort of e-sport opportunity or whatever. But, um, you know, obviously fundraising has stopped right now. We were on a roll. Uh, we were having a great run at getting the dollars put together. Um, but since our guys haven't been going out, we, we really haven't, we've pretty much stopped ask for the last several yeah. weeks. Uh, once things kind of get whatever back to normal is, we'll go and we're allowed to go back on the road. We'll, again to kind of see how people are doing obviously folks are hurting financially in a lot of areas so uh so we'll just kind of have to see but it was going very very well it's just we got to get back on the back on the trail and start asking again yeah everyone's portfolio looks a little bit different than it did a couple months ago i imagine yeah except yeah, for, exactly. except for mine mine's been crappy the whole time so <laughs> yeah, that's just the same way. <laughs> really hasn't impacted me at all um moving on here uh, the, i don't know if you'll be able to answer this question but i left it in just because i'm intrigued by it i like pickles cat wants to know what can we do as fans to increase the kansas state brand that's a great question you know um I, I don't. To me, I think just uh, you know, social media telling the story, getting the power cat out there, you know, supporting, sending ideas in, uh, you know, to our fan experience folks and our marketing folks and our external folks. Uh, I, I think you know, it, it, you know, we're like anybody else. Uh, I think our brand is strong, and you know, is it a national brand like you know some other brands in the country? You know, part of it is you know, sustained success, but I think fans just 
putting stuff out there, retweeting what you know what our athletic department puts out, and supporting it is one of the better ways to do that. Yep, um, our ever prolific K Ned with a series of questions here. This one kind of goes back to earlier, but um, when we were talking about changes that might last beyond this pandemic, regardless of virus contingency ideas, should basketball be one semester spring sport instead of the entire non-con being dominated by football and having long breaks that hurt interest? In other words, shifting it back to have May Madness instead of March Madness. Yeah, I don't know if it'd go that far. Um, but I could see it being pushed back where you're not starting in October. Um potentially and 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 do you know more traditional late november through march or april whatever but um i think you could make it closer to a one semester sport than than what it is now i mean how last year i think we started late october and went into obviously march so but i don't see it you know, going into May, like from January to May, personally, but that's my two cents. That's, that's my favorite. I like that idea, actually. I, I don't see it ever happening, kind of like we'll never see baseball move to a summer sport because of the tradition right. of the wood bat leagues and all that. Yeah, uh, next yeah. question up from him is a really good one. Army is on the schedule for a single home game. Can that be extended to maybe be a two-for-one to give players and fans an opportunity to experience West Point? Yeah, you know, right now it's just the one. Um, you know, I think anytime you get a chance to play the academy, obviously we played them in the Liberty Bowl to go out there. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. You know, I think again, you want to limit the number of non-power fives you travel to, but a, a West Point or Naval Academy or somebody like that, I think are are great trips for fans. But it's not currently scheduled but it wouldn't be i wouldn't be opposed to looking at that you know, the fort riley tie-in makes it intriguing yeah i feel like yeah, it, it yeah. really would have purpose yeah i think then that it makes it even more uh of a potential right to to play that game into a uh, home and home or two for one or something yeah and i do think most people recognize the fact that there are exceptions to the power five um idea being notre dame maybe byu and the academies right and, yeah, for, and yeah. for me tulane and unlv but i just want to put that in as a person yeah they're just because you like those two areas of the country to go watch yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and if like uh alcapulco or maybe you know one of those mexican resorts starts a football team i'm in on that one too okay work, there we go. for work purposes good, good to know <clears throat> this is a good question your first job was in the smu ticket office just in time for the heart of the death penalty scandal what was that experience like for a newbie? <laughs> you know, it was one of the most interesting times of my life. I just the well, I'll give you an example. So, because I was an intern, uh, I had to have extra jobs. So I bartended occasionally, and one of my jobs was to work security on Sunday at the Cowboys game. Okay, um, and the area that I worked was in the players parking lot managing to make sure that only the players that and their families could park in the lot you know and i would tell you that on saturdays smu played at the same cowboy stadium and the players parking lot the cars didn't look a whole lot different than they did on sunday (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and i was still young enough that you know occasionally there'd be a post-game party at players houses and you'd go into these apartments they were in houses and the setups were 
like, wow, nice stereo. Wow. Nice furniture. Wow. You know, so it was pretty blatant, but that's the way it was back then. And then when we knew we were going to get the death penalty, like I had been offered the assistant ticket manager's job, but the president or the AD came in and said, Gene, you know, if we get the death penalty, we're going to, so, so I, I, there was a lot of people I was new. So there's one thing for a new guy to get a job and then lose it. But there have been a long time, 20, 25 year employees that lost their jobs. And that was the tough part, but it was amazing how blatant some of that stuff was back then. Yeah. I mean, this, it was a wild west and yeah, yeah. The death penalty South, kind of ended it. <clears throat> Southwest. Yeah. Southwest conference was unbelievable back then. Yeah. I'm going to throw this one in because you, you went to Arizona State, correct? Right. Uh, how, can you compare Mill Street versus Aggieville? Uh, Mill Street was – it wasn't as um, – when I was there, it wasn't kind of like it. I still like Aggieville better because they're just a lot closer, right. a lot, lot more cooler bars. The Mill Street has to be kind of – yuppie-ish you know it's not i don't it doesn't have as much character i don't think mill street does compared to aggieville i think aggieville's got more character yeah that's that was a good answer that was that was i don't know if it's truthful but boy that that played into the the, the people what the people want to hear oh, i'm telling that's the way i feel i mean i i just you know mill's cool but it's aggieville's got just more character to it in my opinion okay uh let's wrap this up with wildcat true in this uh Kind of goofy question, but I like it a lot. If you had an alternate career and you were given the following three options, which would you choose? Advertising executive, playwright, dairy farmer, or and why? Oh, man. I know. Uh, those are three very different. Uh-huh. I'm going to say dairy farmer. I've always, really? liked, I've always liked the farming, ranching world. Never been in it, you know, but... As a kid, when I grew up in small town Arizona, most of my friends were lived on ranches, and I just always loved being around that atmosphere. So, yeah, I'm not ta- I'm not uh, creative enough to be a playwright, mm-hmm. and you know, I guess I could be a salesperson, but I'd rather just work on a farm and do be a dairy farmer. I like everything that living on a farm represents except having to wake up in the morning morning at five or four o'clock or yeah <laughs> trying to explain to the cows that i'll get you around 11 won't yeah. work too well <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> i guess i would adjust but i don't think i probably would i, yeah. I think probably still be up late watching netflix and then the yeah. cows would wake me up Jane, I appreciate it very much. I appreciate Thanks, uh, how you've kept it all together here. And um, well, it's been a good. It's been a team effort. There's no question about it. But and, it's uh, been an advantage for Kansas State. You guys have been lean on, on the budget for a while. Yeah. No, you're right. It's. I, I think it. I think we are a little bit more um, have the ability to understand working in lean times and working and being creative with the dollars we have. So, I, you know, I think we've got that mindset already. If we'd have been in Texas or somewhere where we we're just printing money, it's a harder to adjust from that. But, uh, by the way, if you haven't watched it, you need to watch Waco. I have seen it. I saw it when it was on TV. Yeah. It's I watched it. Spectacular. It's, it really is. Yeah. Crazy, man. What else are you watching? Anything good suggestions out there? Uh, I did the uh, I did the uh, uh, Ozarks yeah. one. Uh, that was good. 
my son while he's here was watching Narcos, but it, I, I just caught pieces of it. That was such a long one. I haven't gone back to that yeah. one yet. So that's really good, and that was interesting because we're roughly in the same age bracket because that yeah. was in our experiences. I mean, I imagine yeah. when you were in Arizona State and Dallas, the cocaine thing was blowing up. I know it was happening in Manhattan in the early '80s when I was in school. The cocaine well, it was. It was mainly when I was in Miami getting my master's. And oh, I, lived wow. in, uh, I lived in Miami getting a master's, and it was in 83, 84, and yeah, it was pretty crazy. Time. It would have been right in the day. Yeah. yeah the, I love the original Narcos that was about the cocaine from South America, and the, the new ones moved into Mexico with Mexico marijuana and then cocaine. But those figures are less known to us until they get into El Chapo, which they're just kind of creeping up on now. But, the you know. Pablo Escobar and all them are so well known. Yeah. That it was, it's fascinating. Yeah, the, I was, I was watching it with my son during the Pablo Escobar. They were getting closer to getting him, and then I quit watching it. So um, I got to get back to it. Have but you watched not, any of the Last Dance? Yeah, yeah, I've been watching every one of them. I didn't watch last night's because we were know. finishing up Waco, so we'll watch uh, probably watch that tonight. But they've been pretty good. <laughs> It's been, I've enjoyed them. I don't know how the last two were compared to the other. Well, I guess we're up to, are we up to six now? Yeah, yeah. we've done six. So, so yeah, I haven't, yeah, I haven't watched the ones from Sunday night yet as we record this. But I, I'm just amazed at some of the dysfunction and how they still came out of it. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess the ones that were last night, there was the fight between Steve Kerr and Michael at some point in the show. I don't know when, but... Um, yeah, there was some dysfunction. There's no question. Well, if you're uh, going to be a uh, a jerk and uh, to your teammates, you better be as good as Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Only a few people can get away with it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and, and his, I understand his intentions. He was so yeah. driven that I mean, it wasn't like he was just playing his power card. He was he was so driven to succeed. It was just almost out of hand, but he had the results yeah. to show for it. No question. And Pippen, and Pippen was way underpaid. Oh my goodness, he was so good. Oh, I remember yeah. seeing him do things, and you're like, "Oh, that's their number two guy," and he's doing stuff that nobody else in the league other than Michael can do. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Clyde Drexler, but yeah, he was just so athletic. Yeah. That's Scottie Pippen and David Robinson are the two dream recruits for small schools. Yeah, you know, they, no they get there yeah. and then just grow. And grow yep. and grow and then become incredible athletes. But yeah. 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 Oh. Thank you, partner. I appreciate it All very right, much. Thanks. Good to talk, talk to you. Later. That was Kansas State Athletics Director Gene Taylor on this special edition of the Powercat Questions Podcast. We appreciate Gene joining us to answer your questions from Wild Bass Station. That will put a wrap on this podcast. Thank you to our sponsors, The Fridge, Tanners, and The High Low. We'll be back next week with another regular questions podcast. And we'll be back on Friday with a overtime edition of the podcast. You ask us anything and we'll answer that. Doesn't have to do with K-State sports. In fact, I prefer if it didn't. You've been listening to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. PowerCat Podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.